Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. This is not what Brady Cable is supposed to mean. Back when I was in high school, I got a part-time job working as a data center technician for one of the companies at a co-location. Mostly I was doing various small tasks and maintaining lots of servers, as well as some basic office work, organizing old drawers, labeling stuff, etc. But one of the first tasks I was given was making new Cat5e patch cables for a particular server rack that was in dire need of reorganizing. Now when I first saw this rack, I hadn't really seen what one of those was supposed to look like, but I knew that what I saw wasn't it. They had something like 20 patch cables connecting these servers together except someone decided to use 15-foot cables instead of the 1-3-foot to three foot ones that were actually needed. So there were just lengths of cables dangling all over this rack. Even worse, whoever did this chose to organize the cables by literally braiding them together. They could have used zip ties or something specifically for that purpose, but no. They used the cables themselves. There were at least five thick braids of twisted-up cable hanging off of these servers. It was like someone had heard about braided cables, what the inside of a single Ethernet cable could look like, and decided to just make Ethernet cable rope because it would look nicer, and it was my job to fix this mess. Anyway, I ended up replacing all these with much shorter cables. But unfortunately, the old cables were permanently twisted, and I'm not sure if they ever ended up using them for anything after that. I also later learned that these were the company's own servers, much unlike the pristine racks they kept for their clients. Well, at least the company had the sense to keep the client racks nice, neat, and organized. Uh, you know, the people that pay your bills. But I gotta say, how do they let somebody get away with doing that kind of mess to uh, their in-house servers? And for our next story, I'm the general manager. Why doesn't my new laptop work? I was the IT manager for a family-owned business in the city, about an hour from where I live. For the most part, the job was easy. The family company officers were only once entitled to priority service. This case was just after the owner slash president wanted his desktop upgraded, and I got him a laptop with a docking station for his office and one for his home. The president loved it, and the laptop went everywhere with him, and he raved about how much more efficient it made his work. This naturally caused all the other managers to put in for the same setup. Being a small family-run company, several million in sales and growing, all IT purchases had to be run past the controller and approved. I put all the requests through to the controller due to the cost of equipping every manager with a laptop and docking station. I get a call from the owner, asking if I can reduce the costs in any way. I tell him that the managers can use the same laptop as him without the docking stations, and they'd still be able to work. The only difference would be that they'd have to plug in the charger since they wouldn't have the docking station to automatically charge the laptop, and they'd have to plug in their own printers. The owner told me to order the laptops and deploy them as I had the time. Keeping all the sales terminals running was the priority. The general manager was a bit of a D-bag who acted like he was the only person that made the company operate. I had his laptop configured and took it over to him and had him log in and made sure that his email loaded and he was able to access the network. He wondered how he was receiving email and accessing the network without having a cable plugged in. I explained it was that the laptop had a wireless card and was accessing the network via Wi-Fi. The GM... Having gotten the second laptop after the owner took this as some sort of proof that he was so important. He acted like he knew everything that was going on and in the company's three locations. 
He was pushing a lot of people's buttons and started trying to push me. Lesson number one. Never get nasty with the guy who controls the network. The following Monday, I get a screaming phone call, demanding I do something because the stupid laptop wasn't working and he had a manager's meeting with all the managers and owner. I decided that he needed a lesson. So I finished configuring three more laptops, packed them up to take them to the manager's meeting. I was the IT manager, so I had to be there to answer any IT-related questions or complaints. I was coming up the steps to the meeting room with the three laptops, and the owners came in right behind me, and so we all entered the meeting room at the same time. The owner liked announcing that three more managers were getting their laptops today, and I would soon be ordering and assigning two laptops for each sales group. Four-person teams, two inside sales with PCs, and two outside sales who were getting the laptops. I was told to pass out the laptops and show the managers the new capabilities, wireless, connection to the network, and email wherever internet was available. That's when the general manager, D-Bag, decided to get up, announced that these laptops were junk and didn't work after 24 hours. I looked at him and asked exactly what's wrong with it. He slid it across the huge conference table to me, and I opened it, and it was dead. Didn't even boot up. I asked one of the other managers for his power supply. I plugged the laptop into the power supply, and it booted perfectly. When I pointed out to the D-Bag that he didn't charge the battery, his response? But it's wireless. Why should I have to plug it in? I was slightly stunned, but Karma is my friend. The owner, who is almost totally computer illiterate, turns to D-Bag and says, Even I know you have to charge the battery of any portable device, phone, laptop, PDA. Yes, we still used PDAs. Smartphones weren't a thing yet. The look on D-Bag's face and the laughter in the room made D-Bag shrink. Two weeks later, he gave notice and announced he was moving on to where he will be appreciated. I feel sorry for the new company's IT department. That's amazing! Okay, wireless for communication, yes. Wireless for charging? Uh, some phones can supposedly be charged wirelessly now, but... Yeah, I mean, it's still gotta be sitting on a docking station of some sort. Incredible. And for our next story, deleted items and 35 gigabyte OST files. Today I got an email from Lady Executive. Her outlook is running slowly and crashing. Also, Skype launches every time she boots the PC, and she thinks that's slowing her down. I browse to her PC's hard drive and check her Outlook OST file, as she has a long history of poor inbox management, leading to basically just having to archive months worth of emails three or four times a year to get them out of her main inbox, and keep the archives on a network drive that she can access at any time. Because despite each archive having literally tens of thousands of unread emails in them, she needs access to all the contents of the archives at any given time. So anyway, I browse to her Outlook app data folder and check her OST file. It's 35 gigabytes. I put my palm on my face. I walk over to her office and start talking about archiving and clearing out deleted and unneeded emails. She's working on deleting some emails, she says, but she mostly wants me to disable Skype because she thinks that's causing her performance issues. I disable Skype on startup and then I open up her Outlook. The deleted items folder has over 20k unread emails in it, plus who knows however many read emails in there. I ask her if I can permanently delete the items in her deleted items folder to clear up space. She says, no, I need the stuff that's in there still. I usually only go through and manually delete things from the deleted items folder in the archives as I'm sorting through them. Thank you for getting rid of Skype. I think it should be better now, probably. Yeah? I say, yeah, and I go back to my desk and put my palm on my face. 
wow, no, there's no reason for that. There's no reason that anybody needs that much access to that many emails ever. I don't care how important you think you are. And if you did need access to them, they can be archived and you can still have access. They just don't need to be cluttering up the system. People are amazing. I think part of the problem is people are so used to doing things the way they do them, whether they're right or wrong or efficient or inefficient or whatever. They just want things to be the same, the way they were. And for our next story, no, not the fax machine. I needed it. So the time has come to get rid of the last paper fax. We are fully e-faxified, which is great because almost everyone is working from home, and we do have a few clients who insist on faxing POs and the like. But the old Canon fax machine sits on the last POTS line in the whole building, and that line will stop working in a few days. This would ordinarily pass without comment, except for her. I left it to her manager to break the news that it was going away. This went about as poorly as expected, and she showed up at my office door minutes later. I offered to show her how to use the multifunction copier printer to make a quick scan of whatever she wanted to fax and how to send it. This devolved into a rant about government spying, which I quickly cut off. The machine was going away, and she would need to learn how to use the new system. So far, this has gone exactly as expected, including the standard issue rant. But she surprised me. She said the new multifunction machine wouldn't allow her to make copies of money. And she always makes copies of her money before she sends it anywhere to prove she mailed it. Copies of money before mailing it. <laughs> God. <laughs> I have so many things wrong with this. I can't even... Oh. Alright, back to the story. And I thought I wouldn't hear anything new today. I told her that she could have the old machine, take it home and use it however she liked. But her home is a no-technology zone for peace and quiet. The high-tech stuff belongs at the office. She doesn't have internet at home or even a landline. At this point, I have done about all I am willing to do for her today. Then I realized that the copier will in fact make copies of currency. Just not color copies. I showed her where the black and white button was and she got a crisp grayscale print out of her money. Just like that, crisis averted. At this point, I declared victory and made a strategic retreat. I also decided to type this up for posterity. It's so rare that you hear something truly original after all these years in IT. Oh my god. Oh, OP. I don't know where you guys are located, but here in the U.S., it's actually illegal to copy money in color. That's why some machines are... Uh, most machines have uh, something in their software that will disable them from color copying money. Um, yeah. A. Copying money before you send it. That's an issue. Then the fact that she's sending money mailing it somewhere, I'm assuming? I, I just don't understand why, why she's doing this kind of dumb stuff. This, I have more questions than anything after reading this. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.